Hi there. I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollamore, you are a big fucking jackass. You are an anti-American, sick son of a bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Better slightly late than never, as they say. Thank you for joining us for this hashtag third episode. Episode 328 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me. Really excited to get going. Lovely, scholarly, good timing. Co-host Brittany Page. I'm actually kind of depressed, but I'm going to try not to let that affect my performance on the show. Uh, depressed why? Well, I'll play along. Well, the... <laughs> The events of the day and of yesterday. It's a fucking bummer out there right now. In Charlottesville. Yeah. Uh, It's very hard to see the images coming out of the event. Well, it is why we're late. Watching last night, deciding let's sit this through and do, do a show in the morning. And then there's still developments happening in the broad daylight in the morning in Charlottesville. I guess afternoon in Charlottesville, starting in morning. And we're still not going to talk about it today. We're going to wait until the Monday show because there's still a lot of shit going on. Well, and we actually decided that we want to dedicate a lot of time to really connecting the dots for everybody about how this leads to or is an extension out of yeah. uh, the Trump administration and who he has decided to appoint and the things that he has said in the past. and Beyond even like Steve Bannon. Yes. And there's, there's many problematic things that led up to this, including his statements today. Um, so we, we really want to get in, in depth with everything and talk about it. So we're going to save it for Monday's show. Yes. Episode 329. Before we get going though, I want to give a shout out to long time loyal listener, long time listener. Yes. Amy. Yes. In Tennessee. Also patron mm-hmm. on Patreon. Yep. She is a crafty laid hashtag crafty laid <laughs> and uh she sent us sent Brittany yes a framed cross stitch project of hers yeah that is head we put it on the facebook page if you want to scroll through and the photos and find it yeah uh it is headphones mm-hmm. where the ears go on to the word cunt which yes. is written in um kind of like old english yeah and then above it, it says hashtag smart laid. Yeah, it has delicate little pretty letters, despite the vulgarity. It is awesome. It is fantastic. And it is displayed prominently on your side of the studio. It is. On the wall, just beneath the other art yeah. that was given to you. Yes. Which is a f- leafy, flowery mm-hmm. drawing that yes. says she believed she could, so she did. Yeah. Sits atop hashtag smart laid cunt. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> so people might be confused by this. So I don't know if we should give the inspiration for it. There was a, a plate that I saw at my friend's house. I won't say who he is because I don't know if he wants everyone to know that he owns this piece of art. <laughs> but it was a plate. It was very beautiful like and decorated. Bejeweled. Yes, it was It was gorgeous. Somebody took a bedazzler to it. Yeah. And drew the word in the same font as this. Yeah. So this was a copy of that. Basically, yeah. Um, with the addition of the... Uh, headphones and hashtag smart laid an homage to podcasting correct yes so now i have my own plate in cross stitch form yes (laughs) (laughs) yes all right well thank you amy beautiful so some of the other things have been going on and i'll talk about this just before we get into the rest of this donald trump insanity There was a poll that was released this week that said, I think something like 50%, you can correct me when I'm done telling it incorrectly, Brittany, something like 50% of Trump voters would be A-OK with a suspension, a delay of the 2020 election if Donald Trump so ordered it. Kind of. Is that what it, well, what's the headline? Because what it is, is there's an article that kind of goes through why you shouldn't be alarmed by those types of polling results because oftentimes the questions are misleading or they lead you down a path. And anyway, there's examples. What exactly is the headline? Well, the the study or the poll claimed to have found that 52% of Republicans would support postponing the 2020 election until the country can make sure only eligible American citizens can vote. Uh. So they used this well the media has been using this to paint this picture of see how irrational republicans are they support postponing the election right and they were so worried that obama wasn't going to leave the white house but now look at what they're doing so also i think it lends itself to a look the fears that we have and many uh, well-respected ivy league professors have like timothy snyder that we are on a path to totalitarianism, uh, I think that the results of that would support that point of view. Right, but there's this article in the National Review, Polls Don't Measure What You Think They Measure by Max Bloom. And it it's fantastic because he breaks down the poll and he says that it began by asking questions about illegal immigration and voter fraud, which primed conservative respondents to be sensitive to those issues. Which means as they went down the line of answering questions, they had already become sensitive to answering in a way that would signal how they felt on those issues, essentially. They are conservatives. They want to give conservative answers. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they fall into that that trap of of following the same track. Additionally, it's almost a, that's a rap. That's a Jesse D rap right there. Additionally, <laughs> he writes that we have little context with which to interpret the results since the pollsters didn't ask Democrats or independents similar questions. For instance, imagine a similar poll in December 2016 asking whether respondents would support delaying Trump's inauguration until, quote, the country can make sure there was no Russian hacking of voters in the election. It doesn't seem terribly difficult to imagine that such a question would obtain 
obtain similar results among Democratic respondents as this poll did with Republican hmm. respondents. What do you think of that? Uh, well, obviously, both sides have their issues. I, I think that uh, if I'm answering the question, what do I think about suspending an election? I think that is... No, in terms of how he is equating Republicans would answer the question and Democrats would yeah. answer that question. Well, listen, I... I have long said that both sides fall prey to the same time. I'm not even immune, and I really do try to be very aware of my biases, my biases, <laughs> and there are many, but I try to be aware of them. And even I, while I'm being actively cognizant of what my biases are, I, I, uh, I fall prey, too, so... It takes someone who's very in tune, and we do this for a living. We're thinking about this shit all the time. You know, I don't have a mechanic job that I have to focus on all day long. We're ensconced in politics, and I still fall prey. So it's a bummer. I just wish people were more thoughtful, had the ability to be more thoughtful, had the time and the energy to be more thoughtful. Right. Well, the the argument here that Max Bloom is making is that politics are so tribal that yeah. these answers aren't necessarily about what someone actually believes. It's more about what they think their tribe would would come down, how they'd come down. Yeah. Or if they identify as a conservative, well, how should a typical conservative answer this question? Well, this is how they would answer it. And I want to signal that I'm a part of the tribe. So I'm going to answer evidenced by. The dr radical, dramatic shift in how Republicans en masse, how they felt about Russia and Vladimir Putin, right. shifting right around July of last year. Right around the time that Donald Trump started speaking so glowingly about Russia, that was the time. And that's a lot of groupthink. That's a lot of in-group, out-group. This is my team. If my guy, who's the quarterback, the leader of the team, says this, I got to go with that. Right. And he talks about research where Democrats and Republicans both answer questions about facts inaccurately to make them align with their political affiliation. Hmm. I don't know if what I just said is clear, but... Yeah, yeah. So going further into that tribal aspect, he talks about how... It seems difficult to get someone to believe something that's inconsistent with their politics. Mm -hmm. And he says, Democrats believe that inflation rose under Reagan. Republicans believe that the deficit rose under Clinton and so on. And for a long time, that was considered to be the whole story. Democrats and Republicans were walling themselves off in separate realities by cultivating mistruths that they found personally satisfying. Many people believe this today. But there's a catch that most people don't know about. If you pay respondents for answering questions correctly, the partisan gap decreases substantially. <laughs> the problem then isn't that partisans are walling themselves off from reality. They're aware of the reality, but choose to neglect it in favor of a partisan signaling yeah. unless there are actual stakes. Yeah. So what he's saying is a lot of a lot of this polling comes down to partisan signaling could also be people not paying attention. You have those people. Right. Or people that are just being dicks and answering in a way that is going to mess things up. There's also dumb guys. Or dumb guys. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> what he's saying is these these polls, like this one specifically, tells us 
less about Republicans wanting to postpone the 2020 election and more about how divided America is because they are so willing to answer the question affirmatively because of the partisan divide. Hmm. So that seems problematic. It's kind of reminiscent to me of like Jimmy Kimmel when he goes out onto Hollywood Boulevard there and interviews people to make them look stupid and says, so like they find out a guy's a Republican and they're like, so, you know, which are you more a fan of the ACA, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare? Oh, I fucking hate Obamacare. But the, the Affordable Care Act it's pretty good to go. Yeah. This is a perfect example. That is, this is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. We're clearly, the guy doesn't have any, can't find his ass with a fucking flashlight, but he wants to espouse upon, and maybe he just wants to get on TV too. Yeah. But he's saying the opposite thing inside of a sentence, that Obamacare sucks, but the Affordable Care Act is A-OK. Yes. That's a lot of what we're seeing here. There's no need to opine when you don't understand what's happening. Yeah, right. Just don't. Just stop. So I like how he ended it. Ironically, it is exactly the sort of national split that gimmicky polls exploit to convince partisans that the opposite tribe is as stupid and as evil as they've always expected. And so things will get worse and the cycle continues. Having having said all of that, I will say that I think it is a little bit alarming that someone would be okay with suspending an election. That's that's a big deal. That's. You know, and again, I know everything we just said. So you don't you don't take it that this is simply due to partisanship. You do believe that this was actually no majority Republicans stating their belief. I do believe it's partisanship for sure. But if it came to it and it was time to suspend an election, what's going to make them stand up and say, oh, no, we're not doing that. They're going to do it because it is part of the goddamn tribe. Where if Democrats wanted to suspend an election, I on this program would be against that. Unless there was a very good, ridiculously historic reason for it. We don't suspend elections in the United States. So that way that they framed that Max Bloom framed that question in December 2016, if Democrats had been asked, should we postpone Donald Trump's inauguration until we determine... Whether or not Russia got Donald Trump elected, you don't think that the majority of Democrats would have answered yes to that question? Yeah, they would have. Okay. And I would have answered no. Okay. You, you, you put him in place, and then an investigation goes forward like it, what is happening now. Mm-hmm. But Barack Obama doesn't get to stay as president for longer than eight years. Right. That's a violation of the Constitution and flies in the face of the rule of law. Because if we don't have the law, what the fuck do we have? Yes. So I'm, I I agree with everything he said. The only I would take it a step further though, and all he's talking about is a response on a poll. I'm talking about if the moment came where it was suggested we do something, it was put forward that we suspend an election. I think those people who answered would also go along with it because it's part of the tribe. It's part of the in-group. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a bummer. We're humans, though, and we're dumb. Yes. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and 
good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Kim Jong Orangina. Kim Jong Orangina. Yep. I think I'm followed on Twitter by a Kim Jong Orangina. <laughs> I can't imagine that's their real name. And if it is, sir and or madam, I apologize for maligning your given name. Yeah. Kim Jong Orangina. Mm-hmm. Is that like a shitting on Trump? I think so. Yes, that's that seems most plausible. Because I never, I've seen the name around. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I've seen the name around town, Brittany Page, <laughs> but I've never uh, given really much thought. But yeah, that, yeah, it sounds like it's yeah, slight against Trump. Donald Trump to a brutal dictator. Correct. He's you know, other than the the outward manifestation of violence against his citizens, eh, he's not too far off. Anyway, thanks, you guys. We appreciate the support very much. Uh, again, we've had several orders at dollamore.info, which takes you to Teespring, where you can get your classy laid shirt, your you're the puppet shirt, your just basic logoed T-shirt, cup, mug, tote, hoodie, all kinds of good stuff. Dollamore.info. Can I... Say something really quick, which we should have done in the follow-up segment, uh, or we should have just saved for next episode. So this might get cut out. Who knows? Um, the person who took I issue, I haven't said yet whether you can. <laughs> you asked me a directly a question. Okay, I'm just gonna go. No, let me consider the options. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> the I'm not done considering the, the person options. who wrote us. From Washington that was upset about you saying the um, Confederacy or the, the Civil War was about slavery. Yes. I'm curious about their reaction to the Charlottesville Nazi protest, which is about the Confederate monument being removed. That is that is why this is happening. Um, I'm curious about how they evaluate this situation. If the Civil War wasn't about slavery, uh, racism, then why are white supremacists protesting the removal of the Confederate monuments? Also, why are Confederate uh, con- Confederate supporters, white supremacists, carrying the Confederate flag in one hand and the Nazi fucking flag in the other? Yes, yeah, so I'm just curious, uh, genuinely about how that person um, evaluates <laughs> those those seemingly opposing um, ideas. Yeah, that's interesting. If you're listening, yes, let us know. Yes. That would be good. For the next episode, it would be a great way to kick yeah, things off. Because we're going to be, it would be awesome if you'd call in yeah. and leave a voicemail. Yes. No judgments from Brittany Page. Um, but I, I would, I, I think it would be interesting. Plus, we're going to spend a lot of time on this on episode, um, 329. I had to look down to see what I had written for this episode. 329. So, anyway, we love you guys. And keep trucking. What? (laughs) 
Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So this week has largely been about North Korea. Just as a reminder, I would like to play for you what Donald Trump said impromptu, having no regard for the fact that we should have a thoughtful president who should not say things off the cuff related to a nuclear preemptive fucking strike against a country led by a goddamn madman. That is not the world that we should be living in right now. We should have a thoughtful president even if he's reliant upon smarter men and women than himself. This is what Donald Trump said last week. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening Uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And frankly, power. (laughs) He's going to be frank about it. Look, frankly, it's going to be a tremendous, believe me, and I can tell you, A lot of power. This is truly embarrassing. Well, first of all, again, like we said last episode, if North Korea threatens us again, we are going to rain fire and fury down on them, the likes of which the world has never seen. Well, the world has seen fire and fury in the way of Hiroshima and Nagasaki where over 100,000 people were killed in one fell swoop. So we've seen fire and fury before. The world has seen it. What exactly is he talking about? Something greater than that kind of death and destruction at the hands of a nuclear weapon? Donald Trump, what do you mean? Well, I don't think that that was in the art of the deal, so he may not know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's his favorite. Oh, no, no. Second favorite book. Yeah. Next to the Bible. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when he eats his little cracker and drinks his little wine. Yeah. But never really has the time to ask for forgiveness. No. Because, you know... You've done nothing wrong. So... Wait, didn't they say not to take that statement literally? Yeah, we should always take the president seriously, but not always literally, is what his fucking dispatched idiots are saying on the airwaves. Well, he was questioned about this... He had a meeting at his golf course during his 17-day vacation to relax and rest from having accomplished nothing during his time as president. And prior to his working meeting, he was asked outside about this, and this is what he said about his previous statement. North Koreans uh, said yesterday that your statement on Tuesday was nonsense. That's the word that they used. Do you have any response to that? Well, I don't think they mean that, and I think they, uh, it's the first time they've heard it like they heard it. Uh, and frankly, uh, the people that were questioning that statement, was it too tough? Maybe it wasn't tough enough. They've been doing this to our country for a long time, for many years. And it's about time that somebody stuck up for the people of this country and for the people of other countries. So, uh, if anything, maybe that statement wasn't tough enough. 
And we're backed by 100% by our military. We're backed by everybody. And we're backed by many other leaders. And I noticed that many senators and others today came out very much in favor of what I said. But if anything, that statement may not be tough enough. What would be tougher than firing? Well, you'll see. You'll see. Mr. President, is one of the options being considered a preemptive strike or strike? We don't talk about that. I never do. I'm not like the other administration that would say we're going into Mosul in four months. I don't talk about it. We'll see what happens. But I can tell you that what they've been doing and what they've been getting away with is a tragedy, and it can't be allowed. Sure. We'll always consider negotiations, but they've been negotiating now for 25 years. Look at Clinton. He folded on the negotiations. He was weak and ineffective. You look what happened with Bush. You look what happened with Obama. Obama, he didn't even want to talk about it. But I talk. It's about time. Somebody has to do it. That's all you do is talk, you fucking idiot. Talk and talk and talk about yourself and how great you are. Now, every previous president didn't get anything done and didn't. You know what he didn't do? Any of our previous presidents put us in this kind of mortal danger with your loose lips and your fucking ego. Listen, if you listen to this show at all, I'm no wilting violet relative to military action. I'm not one of those people who believes that there's never a time for war. There's never a time to to, to put boots on the ground and send soldiers into the fight. There are many of occasion that that is necessary. For the security of a free state, it is often necessary. Is it overused? Absolutely. But do I think that a president of the United States should be using language like that? The same exact type of language that Kim Jong-un himself uses. But fire and fury in the world has never seen the kind of destruction that he'll rain down. This is what Iran talks about. Calling us the great Satan. Saddam Hussein used language like this. Well, this also seems to be playing into Kim Jong-un's hand. Yes. Donald Trump said, if you continue to make threats, there will be fire and fury. Well, the next day they threatened to bomb Guam, said they're finalizing their plans to bomb the territory of the United States, the island of Guam. Right. And uh, no fire and fury. (laughs) No fire and fury. So then what? Then what do you look like to Kim Jong-un? Because you said... No more threats. If the threats continue, fire and fury. That well, didn't happen. We, we probably, once they said they were finalizing their plans, their initiative to bomb Guam, Donald Trump probably woke up and his bone spurs were hurting that day. So we, we didn't carry through. Right. Because he is a fucking five-time draft-dodging coward who is all about the bluster. Thankfully, he's all about the bluster in this particular case because we live within range of an intercontinental ballistic missile strike from North Korea. Now, that's not going to happen. And I would say this to everyone. Calm down. You do have cause 
to sleep soundly at night because our technological capability from a defensive standpoint is unfucking matched we will shoot down one of their fucking tin cans falling from the sky before it probably re-enters the atmosphere. I don't worry about death from a North Korea-delivered nuclear annihilation because I have even a modicum of understanding of what we can do defensively. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about your family and your kids. That's one of the reasons why having a strong military, now ours is overfunded, but having a strong technological presence is a good thing. Because when it does, when the shit hit, does hit the fan, we're able to defend ourselves. It's just unfortunate that we have Donald Trump as the commander in chief who seems completely out of his depth here. Oh, wildly out of his depth. And every time he makes a statement, it it seems like it, it has to be walked back or it has to, someone has to say something. Well, what he meant was... Yeah, trying to indicate to the American people that, well, there's really people working behind the scenes that have control over this and just don't really listen to what he has to say. Right. And that's not, that's not good for someone who's supposed to be a diplomat. Dangerous, for sure. So what I was going to do is go chronologically down the list here of the different things he said during the... During the, he took a few questions inside after he went in and had his meeting, but I'm not going to do that since we're we're in the throes here with the North Korea stuff. This is what was asked of him and his answer regarding North Korea while inside the golf course, wherever he was in Bedminster, New Jersey. Mr. President, are you going to increase uh, the U.S. military presence in Asia? Uh, we are going to look at what's happening in Asia. We're looking at it right now. We're constantly looking at it. I don't like to signal what I'm going to be doing, but we are certainly looking at it. And obviously, we're spending a lot of time looking at, in particular, North Korea. And we are preparing for many different alternative events at North Korea. If, uh, uh, he has disrespected our country greatly. He has said things that are horrific. And with me, he's not getting away with it. He got away with it for a long time between him and his family. He's not getting away with it. It's a whole new ball game. And he's not going to be saying those things. And he's certainly not going to be doing those things. Uh, I read about we're in Guam by August 15th. Let's see what he does with Guam. He does something in Guam. It will be an event the likes of which nobody's seen before what will happen in North Korea. And when you say that, what, what do you mean? You'll see. You'll see. And he'll see. He will see. It's not a dare. It's a statement. It has nothing to do with dare. That's a statement. He's not going to go around threatening Guam, and he's not going to threaten the United States, and he's not going to threaten Japan, and he's not going to threaten South Korea. No, that's not a, a dare, as you say. That is a statement of fact. He disrespected our country? Hey, I feel disrespected. What are you, a fucking mafia don, you moron? Who cares if he disrespected the United States? Does disrespect for our flag or our country, does that denote military action? 
you fucking child. Well, that's how it works in the real world. If someone disrespects you, you can punch him. Hey, I got disrespected. That broke his fucking nose. <laughs> well, who does he think he is? Oh, that's an amazing impression. Let's see what he does with Guam, is what he said. Let's see what he does with Guam. I'm going to wait and see. I mean, you know, there's, there's thousands and thousands of people who live on the island of Guam. Let's see what he does. Let's see if he kills them all. Because if he does, I'm going to rain fire and fury down. No, dick face. That's not how it works. Did you, did you read the conversation that he had with the governor of Guam? No. This is something he said. I have to say, you're going to become extremely famous. Uh, All over the world, they're talking about Guam, and they're talking about you and your tourism. I can say this. Your tourism is going to go up like tenfold with the expenditure of no money. So I congratulate you. It looks beautiful. You know, I'm watching. It's such a big story in the news. It just looks like a beautiful place. Because that's what the mayor of Guam, the governor of Guam, is worried about right now is tourism. Because, you know, people flock to the epicenter of a nuclear threat. That's where I want to go. Where's the most likely pinpointed targeting uh, of a nuclear strike, Brittany? Oh, Guam? Pack your bags. We're going to Guam. You're going to be famous. This is the reality in which Donald Trump lives. Where he thinks... That's a chief concern and objective for people. Yeah. Well, again, fame. Again, Die Hard. He he thinks he's in the movie Die Hard right now. Yeah. And that all of this is being orchestrated. It's like Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a movie. This is this is real. And Kim Jong Un is genuinely a madman who doesn't give a shit. He no. doesn't care. No. He wants to kill Americans. He indoctrinates his people with propaganda, telling them that we need to die and that he's going to take us out and that's what's important. That's what he wants to do. He may be like Donald Trump where he's starting to believe his own bullshit. He might believe he, he shot an, an 18 on an 18-hole golf course. 18 holes in one. In one round. That's what Kim Jong-un says. That's right. Yes. I believe it. So, listen, if you listen to Fox <laughs> News or MSNBC or CNBC or any other news outlet, you're getting the straight scoop about the dangers of what's going on. If you listen to Fox News, though, you are being told that Donald Trump has been given the authority to take out Kim Jong-un by God. The evangelical advisor to President Trump claiming God has given him the authority to take out North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Pastor Jeffress citing the Bible's Book of Romans 13, which says in part, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. But not every religious leader agrees with that interpretation. Here for a discussion, that pastor, Robert Jeffress, and Fox News religious contributor, Father Jonathan Morris, joins us here in New York. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. to you, Pastor Jeffers, as well. All, all right, uh, Pastor Jeffers, uh, you certainly gave the internet something to uh, talk about and melt down over yesterday. Explain why you say that God has given President Trump the authority to attack North Korea. 
there is a great deal of confusion among Christians when it comes to this, this idea of using force to topple evil. And I wanted to clarify that I believe the Bible, especially Romans 13, does give President Trump moral authority to use whatever force necessary, including assassination or even war, to topple an evil dictator like Kim Jong-un. And uh, I believe the Bible is very clear about that. And while President Trump prefers a diplomatic solution to this problem, he's been talking about diplomacy for 19 years with North Korea, mm -hmm. he's also willing to do whatever it takes to keep America safe. And one thing I know about President Trump after being around <laughs> him for the last two years is this. Unlike his predecessor, when President Donald Trump draws a red line, he's not going to erase it, move away from it, or back down from it. Okay. And we ought to thank God every day we have a courageous leader like President Trump. So God has granted the authority to take out Kim Jong-un. I think it would be nice if God would grant him the authority to take out poverty. <laughs> that might be pretty, pretty good. I think it would seem kind of in keeping with the the teachings of Jesus. Don't these guys shoot themselves in the foot when they say things like this, that God is giving Donald Trump the authority to do something. So God has control. He's able to control Donald Trump to help him do something, yeah. which means he has the ability to help people do things. Why isn't he helping people do things? Why isn't he helping this not be a problem in the fucking first place, guy? I, it's just very, it's a weird argument to make. Well, they, there's, there's, no, there's no shortage of arguments being made like this. Jim Jeffers is a, he is a fraud. He, he is the pastor of a large evangelical congregation. So he has the ears of thousands of people who take him at his word that he knows what he's talking about, that God has given Donald Trump the authority. Come, come on. Yeah. And I'm not, we're not even making a claim about whether there's a God here. It's if there's a God, I, come on. God damn. They had someone on there to argue against him in that segment. A Catholic, a, a Catholic priest who's always on Fox News. Yeah, who was disagreeing with his position. And Jeffer, Jeffress, how do you say his name? Jeffers. Jeffers. He pushed back and said, I'm glad that Americans did not listen to Christian pacifists during the Second World War when Adolf Hitler was marching toward world domination, or we would all be speaking German and saying, Hail Hitler. The fact is, war is never preferable. It's never the first preference, but sometimes you have to stand up and confront evil to defeat evil. And I always love this this discussion with religious people because they act as though Hitler's movement was devoid of religious motivation when on their belt buckles it said Gottmann's uns, which is God with us. Right. So I don't understand that argument as though the Christians came in and saved the day in World War II. Oh, yeah. The Christianity has a stranglehold on no violence and only justice. That's why they were burning Jews and and killing Muslims by the thousands, and Muslims have killed Christians by the thousands. Come on. Religion and, and, and Christianity, Islam, Judaism, you, you, you don't have a stranglehold on morality and righteous battles of war. 
So the Daily Beast threw some shade. That's what the kids say these days. <laughs> uh, at the end of this article, uh, they quote Ducey, who was moderating this discussion. You Steve mean Ducey. He wasn't moderating. He was teeing uh, Pastor Jeffers up for... The next line is what he was doing. Yeah. So at the end of the segment, he said, well, there's certainly a lot of soul searching going on and reminded that uh, reminded viewers that President Bush frequently looked to God for guidance when he was sending American troops into harm's way. The Daily Beast ends their article. And we all know how that turned out. (laughs) And we all know how that turned out. All right, well, let's turn. We're going to stay with North Korea here. Donald Trump has made a lot of claims this week about how he was the first to um, try to update. The, it was his very first order upon becoming president to update our nuclear arsenal. And he's made all kinds of claims related to this because now it's in the news with the North Korea. Well, Jake Tapper took to the airwaves in a casual video where he teamed with factcheck.org to rebut some of the claims this week of Donald Trump related to nuclear in North Korea. Hey everybody, it's Jake Tapper from CNN State of the Union and factcheck.org. In light of the current tensions with North Korea, we're gonna take a look at comments President Trump recently made about the US nuclear arsenal, but let's begin with the threat or warning uh, that President Trump issued on August 8th. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. The very next day, President Trump had this to say on Twitter, quote, my first order as president was to renovate and modernize our nuclear arsenal. It is now far stronger and more powerful than ever before. It is now far stronger and more powerful than ever before, the US nuclear arsenal because of actions taken by President Trump. Is that true? No, that is not true. President Trump did direct his Secretary of Defense to initiate what's called a nuclear posture review. Technically, it was not his first order. It wasn't even an order. It was a memorandum. Uh, It was the ninth memorandum that the president issued. If you include all the orders and memoranda together, it was the 13th. But even moving beyond that, it will not be completed until the end of the year. So no, it's not stronger and more powerful than ever before because of actions the president took. All U.S. presidents since Bill Clinton have undertaken nuclear posture reviews at the beginnings of their administrations. Bill Clinton did it, George W. Bush did it, Barack Obama did it, now Donald Trump's doing it. The Obama administration review was completed in April 2010, and that resulted in a $400 billion modernization plan that included new nuclear submarines, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and Navy bombers. Todd Harrison, a defense budget analyst at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, said he did not see, quote, how there is any factual basis to support President Trump's tweet. Clearly, this was not literally his first order, Harrison told us, and nothing has changed in the nuclear arsenal. To be fair, even if President Trump wanted to make changes, nothing would have changed by now. We asked another expert, Kingston Reef from the Arms Control Association, about what he thinks of President Trump's claim. And he told us the arsenal has just about the same capability today as it did when Trump took office, same weapons, same readiness level, same strike plans. So the bottom line, it's not true that this was President Trump's first order. And it's misleading to say that there have been any changes in power or strength in the U.S. arsenal because of steps President Trump took. A reminder to all the politicians out there, you're perfectly entitled to your own opinions, not 
to your own facts. Also, people are saying that it's it's just not possible what he said happened within six months. That yeah. it's not possible. It takes it takes years. Yeah. So he's tweeting just apparent lies. It's very obvious that these are lies, and that makes us look bad. That is embarrassing. Kim Jong Un is smarter than that. I would say. Yeah. Than to take that and say, oh shit. Oh, no. Right. Uh, and he's also unhinged enough to not fucking care, even if it was, even though it's not, the truth. Yeah, and not not like I know Kim Jong-un, so this is all speculation. I mean, we live near Dennis Rodman, but we aren't friends with him. That would be a good in, right? Well, I mean... Be- it, his it, best friend. We it, could talk to his best friend. It would be... It's it, it Really, earlier when I was saying, don't worry, I'm sleeping okay at night, you should too... Really, the only reason I'm sleeping really well at night is we live, you know, just a matter of you know, five miles or maybe four miles from goddamn Rodman, Dennis Rodman. He lives in Newport Coast, I think, uh-huh. right up the road. So yeah. we're we're okay. He's not going to kill his best friend. Uh, come on. <laughs> really? You believe that? <laughs> uh. But I think that Kim Jong-un, this excites him. All this stuff. This is of course. This is exciting for him. He probably enjoys it. It makes him laugh. I'm sure he's having a blast. The time doing this. of his goddamn life. Yeah, he's life. having a blast harassing the United States, causing everyone to worry. Everybody's and talking about Kim Jong Un. Everyone's talking about North Korea. Everyone's talking about Kim Jong Un. Everyone's talking about their their abilities, the capabilities. They released a, a commemorative stamp. Yeah. Uh, and to honor their nuclear weapons that they now have. God damn. North Korea. Ugh. Well, listen, uh, Donald Trump, the nuke talk didn't stop. Donald Trump made a very, after all of this nuclear talk you've heard, Donald Trump had this to say toward the end of his little talk with the press after being asked about the nuke thing, that he made a claim that is unbelievable, that he wants to denuke. The world. Mr. President, can you talk about the nuclear posture and what your priorities are there? Yeah, nuclear to me, number one, I would like to denuke the world. I know that President Obama said global warming is the biggest threat. I totally disagree. I say that it's a simple one. Nuclear is our greatest threat worldwide. Not even a question, not even close. So I'd like to denuke the world. I would like Russia and the United States and China and to Pakistan and many other countries that have nuclear weapons, get rid of them. Well, first of all, if that is true, that nuclear weapons right now are the, 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 the leading threat, existential threat to our planet and our people, it is only that case because of the fact that we have unhinged, irresponsible, running off at the fucking mouth leaders who possess the power of nuclear weapons. However, you wanted to denuke the world. It's news to me because during the campaign, Donald Trump not only didn't want to denuke the world, he wanted to give Japan and South Korea and Saudi Arabia nuclear weapons. 
Okay. It's been a U.S. policy, well, though, for decades to prevent Japan from getting well, nuclear weapons. That might be a policy, but maybe, Korea you, well. can I be honest with you? Maybe it's going to have to be time to change because so many people, you have Pakistan has it, you have China has it. You have so many other countries. So some proliferation it. is okay? No, no, not some. I hate proliferation. I hate nuclear more than any. My uncle was a professor at MIT, used to tell me about nuclear, used to tell but me about the problem. That's contradictory about Japan no, no, no. and South Look, Korea. At some point, how many countries have it? Iran is going to have it. Very, with but one of the worst, excuse me, one of the dumbest deals I've ever seen signed ever, ever, ever by anybody. Iran is going to have it within 10 years. Iran is going to have it. I thought it was a very good interview. So you have no problem with Japan, Times. South Korea David having was, nuclear weapons? Uh, at some point, we have to say, you know what, we're better off if Japan protects itself against this maniac in North Korea. We're better off, frankly, if South Korea is going to start to protect itself. Saudi Arabia we have nuclear to, weapons? Saudi Arabia, absolutely. Yeah. That's a guy who wants to denuke the world, everybody. That is fucking frightening. Well, this is this is who he is. He doesn't have an official position on anything. It's what what will gain him the most support in the moment is That's what right. he says. Yeah. What will make people most happy in the moment? What will make people respect me? I don't want to be disrespected. That's how he thinks. So he doesn't have an official position informed by evidence yeah. or facts. Yeah, no, for sure. Which is probably the most alarming thing about him. Ugh. All right, well, let's get off the North Korea thing. There were two other moments in the, in the, in the little presser, the mini question-answering session that he did. And one was, listen, the Congress passed a very tough sanctions bill overwhelmingly. And sent it to the president's desk. Donald Trump signed it reluctantly, issuing a signing statement that said it was unconstitutional. So unconstitutional, in fact, that he signed it. Because, you know, he respects the Constitution. So much. And doesn't mind signing unconstitutional legislation. Because he took a vow, an oath, to preserve, protect, support the Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, upon the signing, Vladimir Putin sent 755 members of the State Department staff and dismissed them from their positions, kicking them out of the country. Crippling our diplomatic efforts in Russia. When asked about this, what Donald Trump thought about this, almost 800 people losing their jobs and being uh, dismissed from our embassy, Donald Trump had this to say. Mr. President, do you have any response to the Russian president uh, expelling 755 workers from our embassy? No, I, I want to thank him because we're trying to cut down on payroll. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm very thankful that he let go of a large number of people because now we have a smaller payroll. There's no real reason for them to go back. So he, I greatly appreciate the fact that they've been able to cut our payroll for the United States. Save, we'll save a lot of money. So they explained this, saying that he was being sarcastic, which is really great. I appreciate having a comedian as a president where he's yeah. asked to comment on serious matters of global foreign affairs, and he chooses to be sarcastic well, instead of genuine. That's if you believe he was being sarcastic. When you watch his face, 
He's not being sarcastic. And listen to the answer. He's being dead fucking serious. Listen to, watch the faces of the people around him as well. Yeah. Did they laugh? Oh, they all- <laughs> Did you hear uh, chuckles you, in the you room? You fucking jokester. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's being sarcastic, everybody. You crazy. You fucking scamp. Yeah. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Yeah. So. One, like you said, he's not the comedian in chief. He's the commander in chief. Yeah. He is the boss of our chief diplomat. So from a diplomatic standpoint, this is a bummer for the United States. And this is something like this hasn't happened since 1986. Yeah. It's a big deal. And he's thanking Putin because he cannot find the time when it's okay to criticize Vladimir Putin. Yeah. What the fuck does Vladimir Putin have over Donald Trump? It's got to be something because there's no other explanation as to why he can create he can criticize everyone. Am- Americans of the opposite party of his own party. Yeah, he's been attacking Mitch McConnell endlessly for days but on Twitter. But he can't find it in himself. To give a sideways glance, a cross-eyed look at Vladimir Putin. Jeff Sessions, the Khan yeah. family. When he really wants to issue a criticism, he does. He doesn't want to with Vladimir Putin. And it's very it's he, very strange. He refuses to with Vladimir Putin. Well, the, the questions continued. And this one is about Paul Manafort, whose house was raided... By Robert Mueller's team of FBI agents searching for financial documents. They also subpoenaed companies that Paul Manafort is involved in, his companies and others related to transactions privy to his investigation. And Donald Trump was asked about this because it was a pre-dawn raid. And Donald Trump, again, these are the other people that he won't criticize. If you have power of information over Donald Trump to testify, there are two people he won't speak ill of. Mike fucking Flynn and Paul Manafort. So not only does he not speak ill of Paul Manafort and talks about what a wonderful man he is, he also uses distancing language. Wait for it. Listen for it. Where he's like, oh, you know, he had a limited role in the campaign. Or, oh, no, it wasn't very long. It was only around for six months or so. He was the campaign chairman. He was the top rung other than the candidate. What do you mean? Mr. President, was it appropriate for the FBI to raid the home of Paul Manafort pre-dawn? I thought it was a very, very uh, uh, strong... Uh, signal or whatever. Uh, I know Mr. Manafort, I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but I know him. He was with the campaign, as you know, for a very short period of time, relatively short period of time, but I've always known him to be a good man. I thought it was a very, uh, uh, you know, they do that uh, very seldom. So I was surprised to see it. I was very, very surprised to see it. We haven't really been involved. Excuse me? Have you spoken to the FBI director about it? No, I have not. I have not, but... To do that early in the morning, uh, whether or not it was appropriate, you'd have to ask them. I've always found Paul Manafort <laughs> to be a very decent man. And he's like a lot of other people, probably makes consultant fees from all over the place. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, I thought that was a very, uh, that was pretty tough stuff. Mr. President, to wake him up 
Perhaps his family was there. I think that's pretty tough stuff. This is just unbelievable. I swear to God, every time I hear him talk, I really, really make an effort to pause and not react out of my (laughs) overwhelming hatred for him. You try to do the opposite of what I do. I really, I try very hard to just try to be reasonable, but then he says things like this and... This is someone who's being investigated by the FBI. The FBI raided his home, left his home with documents to take back to Mueller, the special counsel, so that they can continue their investigation. This is serious. This isn't, oh, yeah. his family might have been there when the when the raid happened, when they kicked in the doors to get the documents because he probably did bad things. They likely didn't kick in the door. A pre-dawn raid... First of all, they do it pre-dawn, so you don't have time. So you're kind of, you're out of it because you just woke up. Yeah, he's such a good man that they had to do a pre-dawn raid and surprise him. Well, up to this point, Manafort and his lawyers have been saying, oh, no, we're totally cooperating. We are willing participants in this investigation. If that was the case, there wouldn't have been need for a warrant. There wouldn't have been need for a pre-dawn raid. Because all of these documents would have been handed over voluntarily. Yeah. But because they were not, all of this happened. He's not cooperative. He is obstructing, probably in a legal manner, using his rights of Fifth Amendment or whatever. But they circumvented that through a warrant issued by a federal judge who was given probable cause. They're doing this by the books. Something interesting that was reported by Bloomberg News this week was that Paul Manafort actually tipped the authorities off to the controversial meeting between Donald Trump Jr. and the Russian lawyer. Natalia Veselitskaya. Yes. That he was the one who told them yeah. about that. So they knew about interesting. it. It is interesting. Why is he doing that? Well, that's, that's hmm. what it said sources close to the matter have said. So I don't know if that is Paul Manafort's team saying that and it's, if it's been verified by the FBI, but that is that has been claimed by Bloomberg, like you said. So interesting. I wonder if it's a CYA and he's covering his ass or more developments are going to come out of that. We're going to find out. So anyway, if there's nothing else, Brittany Page... We are going to wrap this slightly late hashtag third episode and move on because Monday morning we're, we're going to record another one, episode 329. We'll be dealing with Charlottesville. If you have thoughts about Charlottesville, if you have thoughts about Richard Spencer and his goon of racist, alt-right, white supremacists, these violent, torch-wielding assholes, we would love to hear your thoughts. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If we get enough responses, we might spend the entire hour on Charlottesville. We love you guys. Thank you for your support. Again, if you are on the fence about helping produce the show through your donation on Patreon, Now is as good a time as any 
We are rapidly moving toward that mark to do a third episode per week, and we would love to have you on board with our Patreon slash PayPal family. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, dollamore.com slash PayPal, or you could go buy a shirt. Go to dollamore.info. We love you guys. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been... I doubt it. I think it would be nice if God would grant him the authority to take out poverty. <laughs> that might be pretty, pretty good. <laughs>